We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. I want to start by asking you a couple of questions. Here's the first one. What has turned out in your life way better than you expected? You know, it's just, it's gone really, really well. And here's a similar question to that, but the, looking at it from the opposite angle. What has been some big challenges in your life that you didn't expect to happen? Now, as you consider both those questions, what's turned out a whole lot better and maybe what hasn't turned out quite so well? You probably agree with me that life can be pretty uncertain. It's pretty hard to work out exactly how our lives are going to turn out. We may like to think we've got it all worked out and what we'll be doing five years, ten years from now, but we just don't know. We don't know um, what's going to happen to us personally, our health, our our financial situation, we don't know what's going to happen politically and on the world stage. And certainly at the moment, with a lot going on around the world and nationally at the moment, who knows what's going to happen? And that then leads us to where we're going today, is that our lives need to be anchored in something, or in particular, someone. And who is that someone going to be? And in the series that we're looking at called Trust Me, the premise of the series is that God is the one that can be trusted. And Jonty started us off last week by looking at how he is the one who is trustworthy, who truly cares for us. And when we give up our pride and look to him, we, we will experience his care for us, we'll experience his peace, we'll experience his strength to get us through the situations that we are going through. But this got me thinking during this week that if God promises us all his blessing, that he'll be for us, he'll be there for us to get us through the difficulties, that we can truly trust him, then shouldn't our lives as Christians be way better than everybody else around us? Now, is that actually the case? I don't know if you've actually pondered on that question or not, but you've probably, if you've lived long enough, been around a whole bunch of Christians that they've had some pretty big struggles in their lives. Like, you know, I've had some struggles in your life. You've probably had some struggles in your life and you're going, well, if my life is so blessed, how come I'm still dealing with these struggles? Or you look at other people around you who aren't followers of Christ at all and they seem to have a pretty good life. Like you go, well, they seem to be doing okay. And they don't have God in their life. So does it really make a difference? Does it really make a difference in our lives whether we trust God or not? It's a fair enough question, isn't it? And it's a question that God is more than willing to answer. And it's a, it's a question I think it's worth exploring today. So let's start with Psalm, uh, Psalm 139. And it goes like this, Psalm 139, in verse 1 in the NIV, we read this. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Verse 13. For you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. What this psalm is saying is that God created you. God gave you life. God knows you better than you know yourself. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? And that doesn't change through the whole course of your life. Your creator, God, who created you, has a purpose for your life, knows everything you do, knows every thought, inclination, motivation, action. He knows it all and he loves you. He cares for you. He is there for you. You have a creator. You have a creator that cares for you and who loves you and has put you in a world that he created. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So the world that we live in and our very lives belong to God. Therefore, one of the reasons that we trust in God is because we're grateful for the life that he has given us. Our trust in God isn't just based on what he does for us. Our trust in God is based on a gratitude of giving us life in the first place. We live from that place of gratitude. And when we do that, what happens is our focus shifts. When we internalize truths like what is expressed in the Psalms here of how God has created us and how amazing it is, the life that we have and that he's given us. What that leads to is gratitude, and beyond that, it leads to respect and honor for who God is and what he's done for us, the big picture of that. And as we respect that, what the Bible says is when we honor God for what he has done, when we respect him for who he is, there's an inherent blessing that comes from that. Take, think about it this way. There are, two, there are Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments outlined in Deuteronomy and Exodus, and hopefully you know them reasonably well. But only two of those commandments have a blessing connected to them. All of, There's eight commandments that just say, do this and, or don't do that. But there are two commandments that elaborate on it a little bit more and go, there is a blessing connected here. And those two commandments are linked. One of those commandments is commandment five. You know commandment five? Yeah, of course you do. Uh, commandment five is honor your father and your mother. And the blessing is that is associated with that is when you do this, when you honor your father and your mother, you will live long in the land that God has given you. In other words, you will live a blessed life if you honor your parents. Now, isn't that interesting? 
that there's a principle there that if we honor the ones who gave us life, we receive the life that God has for us. Now, the other commandment is commandment two, which is don't have any other idols. In other words, don't put anything before God. Don't put money or your career or anything else before God. Don't have an idol. Don't have something that you focus on and you live for other than God. And if you do this, what is the promise that is associated with that? God says that I will bless you and a thousand generations after you if you put me first in your life. Do you see the principle of honor there? That if we honor the ones who give us life, our parents and God, there is an associated blessing that is connected with that. So we, and, and maybe you're thinking, well, I didn't have great parents, so there's not much I can honor them for. But one thing you can honor them for is that they gave you life. And that's something that we can honor God for as well, that, that because our parents, God, have given us life and we honor them and respect them for that, there is an inherent blessing that goes along with that. So it's not about, um, you know, this, this question, coming back to the original question, you know, why should we trust in God? We don't just trust in God because of the blessing, because he does good things for us. That's not where our motivation comes from. We trust in God because he's our creator. We trust in God, we honor God, we respect God because of who he is. Here's another scripture for you to consider today. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God is fully committed to your maturity. He is fully committed for you to become all that he's called you to be. And what that ultimately will look like one day in eternity is that you and I, if we are followers of Jesus, we will rule and reign with Christ in his kingdom forever. Now, that's mind-blowing stuff, isn't it? I, like, that, that is still amazing to get your head around. Like, if you, we just reflected on that truth of who God's created us to be and what he's called us to do in the future, man, it completely changes how we live our lives in the present. Because what we're seeing here is that God isn't just a God that created us and left it to us and went, okay, well, just see how you go. He actually is involved in our maturity and he's involved in every aspect of our lives because he has a purpose and a vision for our lives that we will become all that he's called us to be. Like, like we get this. Like, here's an example. Like, if you're a parent like I am, you don't have children and then go, you know, when the babies or toddlers go, well, you know, I brought you into this world, you can just make the best of it. Like, knock yourself out, see how you go. Like, you care for them. You do whatever you can to help them come to maturity. And, uh, you know, kind of where we are at the moment, and Ginny and I in our stage of life is our, our kids are late teens, early 20s, and we're in that phase now where we're seeing them leave home, and it's you, you kind of sit back and reflect, oh, have we done enough? Have we done enough to prepare our children for adulthood, have we brought them to maturity? And that's exactly what God's doing. 
he's constantly looking at our lives and he's bringing us to maturity. And what this verse is saying is that we won't be mature this side of eternity. We're all a work in process. It doesn't matter if we're 8 or 80. We are still being worked on by the Holy Spirit. We're still being brought to this place of maturity where God helps us become all that we are meant to be. And what we see in the scripture is that God is fully committed to this process. He doesn't just leave us on our own. We can trust him because he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our future better than we know know what that will look like. Most of us have got halfway through life and we're still trying to figure out, well, what are we supposed to do and how are we supposed to do it? God already knows that. And he is already forming abilities and characteristics and personalities and skills in your life that are preparing you not just for this life, but the life to come. So therefore, our motivation for trusting in God isn't centered around whether he does this or does that for us on any given day. Our motivation for trusting in God is number one, respecting that he is God that he is our creator and living with a, a perspective of gratitude in that of God, thank you for giving me life and I will trust you and I will follow you because you're worthy because you are the one that's my true God, my father, my king, my Lord, my God. And then confidence in the process of what he's doing with our lives, who he's teaching us to become. See, what matters here to God is not just the circumstances that we're going through. Now, that does matter. Like, don't get me wrong. He cares about the struggles and the trials that we go through. But what matters a lot more to him in his big picture and his, in his overall purposes for our lives is what we learn from those stresses how we are dealing with the trials that we're going through, how we're dealing with the temptations that come up against us, how we deal with the losses and the grief in our life, and how we process all of that. Because it's how we process that that builds character in our lives. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, I, I used to look at this verse and I used to think, what? That's just crazy. I just couldn't work that out. Like, what good is suffering? What good is trials in my life? What? How can pain teach me anything? Like, that just sucks. I want to I wanna get away from pain. I don't want to learn from it. But what... James is saying here is, no, embrace, embrace the pain, embrace the grief, own up to it, integrate it as part of your life. Why? Because when you do, there'll be character growth in you, you'll actually become closer to God. And in my experience in journeying with many people over many years pastorally and walking with people through some amazing successes, but also through huge amounts of loss and pain and hurt in their lives. I've discovered that we actually learn a whole lot more through our stress, through our pain, through our suffering, 
than we do in our success. I don't quite know why that is. Maybe it's because we turn to God more in our pain. And as we do, as we go through that journey, what James is saying here is that God is shaping us to become a lot more than we are at the moment. He's creating something beautiful. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He says, I consider that our present sufferings, you know, those day-to-day things that we're going through, COVID or whatever it is at the moment, are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That, that's a mind-blowing scripture when you think about it. That one day in eternity, when we look at what God has done in our lives, the person that he's created, the, this, this mature person that is now ready for eternity to rule and reign with him, that glory that we will see one day, that will be so amazing to us that we will look back on these life lessons that we've gone through, the difficult suffering and the losses and the stuff that we've gone through in this life, and we'll go, oh man, that's nothing compared to what I've now gained. It's kind of like your children, isn't it? Like when they're, when they're growing up, they go through a, something, and it's a really big deal to them at their time, their toy breaks or whatever. And and at, the, at that moment, it's, it's a really big deal to them. But you know, as a parent in the overall scheme of life they probably won't even remember this event and they'll they will get over it but it's actually the the character things that matter to you a whole lot more i remember um when i was much younger and i i lied as a child like every child lies because they work out oh yes this actually could be quite convenient right now and my dad caught me lying one time and he confronted me on it and I remember him being so angry like and as a child I was and I, I I would have been really young at the time but I was trying to work out man dad why are you so angry about this I I, I just lied I'm, I'm sorry but you know I just thought it was the best thing to do at the time but now from an adult perspective looking back I understand why it was such a big deal because to my dad he was looking at the character development in me and something breaking or um, something like there was something that gets lost that can be fixed or can be replaced but the character that's being developed in me that matters a whole lot more and our heavenly father is the same our good god is the same when he's working in our lives he's going i want you to trust me i want you to develop christ-like character in you And yeah, I know you'll go through some difficulties in life. I know that there'll be some challenges along the way. And I may not come and fix those challenges around you. But that's because I'm leading you to maturity. I'm making you into something beautiful. I'm completing the work that I've begun in you. I'm bringing you into glory. And when we appreciate this bigger picture we see that trusting God is, is a lot bigger than just whether we get our way or whether we get what we want in this life. God looks at it from an eternal perspective. And so we trust God because he's the one that gave us life. He is the one that's trustworthy. He is the one that holds our future in his hands. 
and we sing of the faithfulness of God despite life's challenges. We sing of God's goodness to us because it's based on how good God is, not whether we get what we want or not. We sing of God's goodness and faithfulness to us in the context of eternity. We sing of who God is because he truly is good. He is the one that saw us before we were even born, who created us, who holds our lives in his hands. So let me finish with this scripture today. Proverbs chapter 3. How do we respond to all of this? Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. See, what God is wanting us to appreciate today is that living a life where we truly trust in him, in all our ways, in our parenting, in our relationships, in our work, in our hobbies, in everything that we do, if in all our ways we trust in him, he will make our path straight. Yeah, there might be some difficulties, but we will discover that there is a God behind those difficulties who's there for us. There's a God who created us with a purpose. And that greater purpose, he will fulfill. He is bringing us into. And as we look at those things in our lives and go, well, how do I learn from this? How do I lean in more to God? In, in the midst of these challenges, we will discover that trusting God is the best thing that we can do in our lives. So my challenge to you today is, what would it look like for you to trust God a little bit more than you do now? And may help to focus on a particular area of your life, whether it's your study or your work or your marriage or other relationships around your life or your devotional life. What would it look like to trust in God more in that area of your life? As you're pondering on that question, let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you that you are trustworthy. That you are completing the work that you began in us. That you're our creator, that you're our God. And as we respect you for that, as, you, as we honor you for being the God who gave us life, as we honor you for being the one who cares for us, who is always there for us, who is bringing us into this incredible life that you have for us. Lord, we won't give up on you just because there are challenges that come our way or that we just don't get what we want on any given moment. But Lord, we would put our full trust in you. We would lean into you and discover that you will make our path straight. We will discover that we can know the faithfulness, the love of God to us. We can know your goodness and walk in that goodness. Lord, I pray that as we commit ourselves to doing that this week, we would discover the depths, the greater depths of who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. 
To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.